Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. We appreciate you being here today at City of Life. Those of you that are watching online, want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we got a lot of great things coming up. I got something for you today that I'm excited about. A lot of cool things coming up. Make sure that you are completely a part of everything that we're doing here at our church. We intentionally plan for things throughout the holidays to involve and incorporate our families to connect with people in the greatest way possible. I know that our Christmas day service is a little bit different this year. Christmas falls on a Sunday. So that morning you'll be preparing to have Christmas at home. We are pre-recording a really incredible service for that day for you to experience at home with your family, very intentional stuff for the kids that is involved. But we really wanna make sure that you plan on being with us the night before Saturday night for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. This is gonna be very, very special. Uh, it's gonna be packed out, so you're gonna wanna make sure to get here early for that service. But make that part of your family tradition. And uh, also make sure you don't miss our Christmas spectacular. You saw the video for it there. Invite friends, uh, bring people that maybe don't know Jesus or need some encouragement or some hope. Great way to get people connected. That's, that day is always really, really special. I got something for you that's really cool here today. Um, I think it is gonna be a blessing for you. And um, before I get into that, I wanna ask you really quick, who thinks you gained at least one pound on Thursday? Uh, because I'm pretty sure that, that I gained. Look at someone next to you and just tell them the number. What is the number? Zero, one, three, four, minus two. We, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Got to have some accountability at church here today. I got something for you. It's uh, found in Romans chapter 10. Got a couple of text scriptures. I'll read them to you. I'll pray, tell you my message title. We'll get started. Romans 10, three says, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, somebody say this is war. This is war. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Before I get to these other texts, where do arguments, opinions, knowledge, and thoughts normally reside? Where? In your mind, that's right. So I might be talking about the mind today. Romans 12, two says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It also says, James 4, seven, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 1, 13 through 15 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but, oh, you're not gonna like this. We'll get zero amens, I can almost guarantee it. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. Look at someone next to you say, that was you, not the devil. And entice, then after, Desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death, which means your desires 
your sins, your problems personally that are individualized to you, if followed out to their ultimate end, will lead to sin and sin leads to death. So that's a problem. And then finally says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. I'm gonna talk to you today about an idea called how to get unstuck. Are you stuck today? Maybe you're stuck in a, in a little bit of a rut. And before we get to New Year's messages in 2023 and all these new ways of thinking, I got news for you. We got a month left to live a great life here in 2022. I wanna go out with some victory and some momentum moving into the new year so we can do everything God has called us to do as a church and a community. And I want you to get unstuck and I wanna challenge you before we even jump in and I pray and get started in this message. There are some critical areas of your thinking that are gonna have to change if you're ever gonna get unstuck. We have some negative patterns of behavior that begin with some negative thinking, some things in our life that don't work with the way we have chosen to view the world and some of the patterns that we've developed for ourselves that are not positive in our life. Those things are gonna have to break if we're ever gonna see positive change in our life. So I'm gonna talk to you today about how to get unstuck. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we pray today at City of Life that the name of Jesus, that the power of Jesus' name would be present in every person, in every situation. We pray for healings, miraculous healings to take place in this church. Lord, it doesn't matter if it's diseases, sicknesses for which there is no cure. Uh, Lord, you are the ultimate cure for everything. When we put our faith in your name, God, we declare your goodness and your favor over every cell of our being today, God. Lord, we pray for healing from depression, from addictions, Lord, uh, from old ways of thinking. Lord, let us walk into a brand new life today uh, in you through the power of your word. We thank you for what you're doing online, Lord. Miracles taking place online right now through people that are watching through devices, mobile devices. Lord, that there's victory and healing for those people today also. In Jesus' name, let us get unstuck. And everybody said, amen. Man, I want to praise the Lord for a Cowboys win on Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. That was just the cherry on top. Feeling good. Florida State beat the Gators on Friday. I'm just on top of the world right now. I'm feeling so good. I almost wore a Florida State sweater today, but I thought I can't do that to him. Uh, but Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here today. Amen. So look, as we get into this idea, there was a cool study that was done several years ago by, by a lady named Dr. Ellen Langer, and she's a Harvard scientist, and she put a group of men together that were in their 80s whose heyday was when they were young in the 1950s. And what she did is she got these guys together in an experiment and set up a place that they were going to live for a month, and she took away anything that was modern, and she kind of decorated everything with 1950s uh, decor. Uh, all the music that was there was from the 1950s. And she had instructed everyone there to dress like they were in the 1950s. So basically to put these guys in an atmosphere when they were younger, when they were successful, when they felt good about life, and she assigned them all tasks. Nobody's gonna do anything for you. You gotta do it yourself. I want you to talk about things that are from your heyday. I want you to remember what it felt like to be younger, to be vibrant, 
to be excited about life. And so what happened is in the course of these 30 days, they noticed that people started getting happier. People started feeling uh, more relevant. They started improving their posture. They started improving the way they were in, interacting with each other. And when she tested them at the end of 30 days for this experiment, she found they were happier. All of their scores showed that they were happier. They were feeling physically better about things. Their minds were engaged on a higher, higher level. But what no one expected was that even physiologically, all of them tested their eyesight improved over the next 30 days. By 10%, their literal eyesight, some of them quit wearing glasses at the end of this 30-day experiment. So we realized that, that your mindset has a lot of power to influence not only how you feel and how you see the world, but your, your mindset can actually improve your physical feelings in life. I think that's pretty impressive that our mindset can determine our future. Look at someone next to you and say, be careful what your mindset is. Romans 10, our text scripture, talks about our mindset. It talks about the fact that we have the power through the right focus in Christ to tear down mindsets. And I think that when you read this scripture, that we're thinking about all these things that are coming against us. And I do believe that this scripture deals with a lot of forces that come against us. But I think a lot of the forces that come against us are from in here. They're not from the outside. They're from the inside. And I think if we could win the war that's going on in our own mind, we would be surprised the victory that we would have in life. We think so many times that everyone is against our, us, but I think what we don't realize is how much we're against ourselves. And I think that when we start realizing that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh and carnal, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds, a lot of the arguments that we fight in our life are against ourselves. A lot of the opinions that need to be torn down in our life are the opinions that we have formed that are faulty. A lot of the knowledge that we need to tear down in our life is the knowledge that we have gained against ourselves. We need to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. I think this is an important scripture because of the militant nature of the language that's here. Waging war, weapons, warfare, power, strongholds, captive. It's all listed right there. Look at someone next to you. Say, you need to do warfare against your own mind. Come on, look at someone on the other side. Say, you look good today, but this is serious business. Now, James 1, 13, when it says, no one should say God is tempting me, but every person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. What I'd like you to do today is to stop always thinking about the same couple of sins in your life that you're enticed by. And I would like you to get a little bit bigger view of this because I don't know what that is. Maybe it's anger or, you know, kind of a verbal abuse or whatever or or an addiction or something like that. The same thing you always think of, the way you view your sexuality, 
Whatever it is in your life, the struggles that you deal with, if you think the same thing over and over and over again, when you hear that scripture, I'd like you to get a little bit bigger of a view for a second and maybe think about your patterns of thinking when it comes to yourself. Your patterns of thinking when it comes to the way you treat people. Your patterns of thinking early in your day when it comes to just life in general. Whether you're a positive or negative person, think about it. Every person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I think the earlier in the day that you start thinking negative toward your day, the earlier in the day the devil's got a hold on you. I think we're thinking these big things about what happens at night, (laughs) what happens in the afternoon or the evening of your life. When, when lust really starts falling out, I think that we start thinking about life that way. How do I fight those demons? But I think that the more dangerous demons are the ones that come earlier in the day. Because it says, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. And I think that James 4, 7, when it says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. If I get up early in the day and I say, God, I submit myself to you. I submit myself to your will, to your way, to your word. I submit myself to you. What if that's the first thing you do in your day? God, I submit myself to you. That's why the scripture says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's in that order. You've got to submit first. You got to get up in the morning and say, God, I submit my life to you. Then what happens is the devil comes knocking on your door in the afternoon when you get weak. Are you with me? But you've already submitted to God. And what happens is it says that he flees from you. Why? Because he's not used to you resisting. He's used to the fact that you're already locked into your negative attitude. You're already locked into the fact that you're tired and you deserve it. Are you with me? And then when he comes knocking on your door and you resist, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have a comeback when you resist and he flees. Why? Because he's so used to you giving in because we've got patterns of negativity that we're already locked into. And it's time for us to start submitting ourselves to God and resisting the devil. I think the hard part of that scripture is the submitting to God. It's got to be a daily occurrence. We have to start tearing down all the patterns of negative thinking that have led us to the same problems over and over. If you want different results in your life, you're going to have to have different actions in your life. And if you want different actions in your life, you've got to have different thoughts in your life. You've got to begin to address your life on a thought level. Can I say that again? You've got to begin to address your life on a thought level. Where has all of it started in your life? And I think that's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's something that I read at the beginning. It's powerful. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Let's think about that in the way we think each day. What are the first thoughts in your head in the morning? Are you living a conformed kind of life? Are you just allow you? And what is conformed? It's to be poured into a mold. Now, I don't know what you love about Christmas. I love Jesus. 
and Reese's Christmas trees that they they, they said, have you ever had those things? You ever had those Reese's Christmas trees? I'm going to tell you about those trees. I don't know what it is. They change the recipe a little bit in them trees. They insert more uh, peanut butter into them. But, but the way they make those is by um, they make a mold. And the mold looks like this beautiful, gorgeous Christmas tree. And then they pour it into that mold, that chocolate, and it, what does it do? It conforms into the mold. Now, I don't know what you like about Thanksgiving. I love dressing. I love that dressing. I, I, what, do you, what do you, is it called? Aros con gandules? What, what, what's aros, aros con gandules? I know you like some of that stuff. We don't have that in my house, but I, I like those. That's good. I'll eat that anytime. Um, I like... Uh, I like mashed potatoes. I like, I like uh, macaroni and cheese. I like uh, corn casserole, sweet potato casserole. Let me tell you something that I fight with my uncle over all the time. You guys, you guys know Uncle Michael over here? Don't you love Uncle Michael who plays the piano here? He's amazing. Let me tell you something I fight with my uncle over, though. Cranberry sauce. We, we, we can't get enough of it. But what I love about cranberry sauce is that this is something my dad taught for years. Cranberry sauce, it looks so beautiful. It's got these little rings around it. But do you know what those rings actually are from? The can. If you've ever, if you've ever seen cranberry sauce, it comes in a can. You take the top off. You turn it upside down and it goes. <laughs> and then you cut it just like that into little rings. And you serve it. But why does it look like that? Because it was conformed to the can. So what is the mold that your mind is being poured into every day? Because that's going to be what you look like. The natural mold of your life, according to your disposition, you may be grumpy. You may be negative. You may have family members that are alcoholics or abusive. Or, or, or a substance abuse or harsh language or bad language or just a negative vibe in your life. So that is going to be the natural mold that your life is poured into every single day that you wake up from your bed. What kind of mold is that? I didn't sleep good last night. I couldn't sleep a wink last night. I don't feel good today. I'm in a bad mood. Maybe that's the way your mama talked. Maybe that's the way your grandma talked, your grandpa talked. It don't matter. You got a mold that's a natural mold that if you allow yourself to be just wake up and you don't do anything, that's the mold. That's what you're going to look like. But don't you want to look like a Reese's Christmas tree? Is it? Don't, wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather choose the mold that your life is rather than by default? We got to stop living our life by default. We have to be, begin to confront the negative patterns in our life and address them. That's why it says, do not be conformed to this world. It says, but be ye transformed. I love this idea, transformed. That is the Greek word metamorpho, which means to be made into something better than before. It's like 
Optimus Prime, you know, Transformers. They might remember Transformers. You remember that? That's the old. That's the uh, some of the young people are like Pastor Jeff knows nothing. That's the old jingle from the '80s, right there. But but the transformer, it goes from one thing to something better, something more appropriate. In the same way, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, transfigured to make something better than before by the renewing of your mind. So don't wake up every day and just use an excuse that something went wrong or you're not happy or you're not feeling good or you're tired. Hey, we're all tired. Everybody's tired. That's not new information. That's not a way to answer someone. How are you doing? I'm tired. Join the club of life. Just don't say that anymore. Stop saying that. Everybody is tired in this world. It's our job to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's not an answer. I mean, I don't like some of those saying, well, I'm on top of the world with two feet holding on. I mean, I don't like someone you say, how are you doing? Someone says that. I don't like that either. That's better than I'm tired. Uh, it's how by the renewing of your mind, that is the word anakinosisa. I can't believe I was able to say that effectively. That's the Greek word, but I love this word. What does it mean? The renewing of your mind. It means a renovation for the better. Has anybody ever seen those home renovation shows? I like those shows. You know what I like about those shows is they go into some cluttered old space and somebody has got enough vision. I want you to think about your mind being a cluttered old space that doesn't work well anymore. Somebody's got to have the vision to walk in that room and say, we're going to take this wall out right here and create and open up some space right here. It's going to look fantastic. We're going to knock down that area. We're going to put a, a, a window there where we can have natural light that comes in. What do they do? They start knocking stuff out, tearing it down, renovating it, improving it. Be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renovation of your mind. Look at somebody next to you say, renovate your mind. You have to renovate. It's going to take some knocking down walls, kicking down walls, tearing down walls. You got some walls in your thinking. I hope you're listening today. Today, I, all I care to do is to use God's word to encourage you to live the best life that God has called you to live. I don't want to see anybody fall into old patterns. I'm tired of talking to people that feel stuck. Here's the bad news. Getting unstuck is not easy. Anything that is good in life that you're going to experience in your future is going to be connected to a difficult process. If anybody tries to sell you that just by going to this church or this conference or this concert or reading this book or whatever is just going to Harry Potter, when Guardian Leviosa make you go from being sad to happy all the time and from out of shape to having a six pack, it just doesn't work like that. Somebody say the process. I'll say it one more time. Say the process. There's a process. And I'm talking about that process today of your mindset of addressing it, of seeing what needs to be torn down every day. That's the hard part. That's the part that is not fun to talk about is when you see people that are successful or happy or living a God kind of life, there's something different about the process. Same sacrifice. Jesus made one sacrifice. He didn't make more of a sacrifice for them than he did you. It's just they've learned how to appropriate it on a regular basis. 
Paul said, I die daily. We only find out about Paul dying once in scripture. So he had to mean, he couldn't mean he physically died daily. What he was saying is that every day when I wake up, he said, it is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. What does that mean? It means every day, Jeff has to die. The old way of thinking has to die. My old mentality has to die. Why? So that Christ's mentality can live in me. If I'm ever going to be the person that God has called me to be, there's not space enough in that house for all those walls that I put up. we got to create some room. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door and let me in, I will fellowship with him and he with me. That means he wants to come into my house, into my heart, into my mind, into my thinking. But if there's no room for him, he can't come in. So as we're looking at these ideas about how to get unstuck, it's going to start with the way you think. So it says the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the way Romans 12 ends. It says, if you ever want to know the will of God, you got to change the way you think. Changing the way we think is difficult, but it's possible. It is possible, but it, is, it has to become intentional. Okay, let me throw this out here, and I hope you remember this today. We have to stop thinking of our minds as a thermometer. Thermometers measure the temperature. And I think that many times that's the way we feel. We go through life and we wake up and we, we just ha- kind of have this attitude of whatever goes. Oh, there's traffic. Oh, I'm in a terrible mood. I'm going to turn on some music that makes me feel better. And like we're just kind of reacting. To every, oh, I walk in. The lady at the front, she's in a bad mood. Well, I'm in a bad mood. And then, you know, it, oh, you're going to be nice to me? Oh, well, you're nice to me? Oh, well, then I'll be nice to you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Oh, it's Christmas uh, decorations. I want a Christmas spirit. Well, then I'm in a Christmas spirit. That's great. And we're just thermometers. We're just reacting to everything around us. I want to challenge you today that if you want to win and you want to live a successful life that God has called you to live and have a a kingdom mentality, your spirit and your mind, according to the things of God, has to be a thermostat. It cannot be a thermometer. Thermostats set the temperature. You make a decision in your life At the beginning of each day, I live for God. I live my life. I am content in Christ today. My life is fulfilled. I have purpose. I have destiny. I'm not going to let people get me off my game. I'm not going to let people get me down, get me angry, get me mad. And what are you doing? You're setting the thermostat in your life. It has nothing to do with whether somebody wakes up and looks at you and says, well, good morning, sunshine. That, that can't be the reason that you have a good day is whether someone starts out the day doing something. Oh, you made my day. Well, it's, it's, it's great. People can be nice and you can appreciate what they do, but choose. Are you hearing me today? Choose, make a decision in your life to appropriate the blessings and the things of God at the beginning of your day. Then you are being a thermostat. Look at someone next to you say, be a thermostat. Instead of a thermometer. Stop fluctuating in your happiness levels. If you are a thermometer in your life, then if the friend you knew from high school dies, it depends on how far you want to let it take it. You ruin your whole life. It's not just something that you deal with on a normal level that we process grief and it's hard to hear negative things. 
But you, people can let things go as deep as they want. If you're a thermometer, if your feelings just keep riding that and you never want to get over anything, you can use anything as an excuse to destroy your life. Or you can use something as an excuse to let God give you power and strength in your weakness. It's all about being a thermostat or a thermometer. You could take any situation that you've been through and use it as something negative. You know, and I think that it's important that we tell our soul, we tell our mind, how it's going to respond before it gets in the situation. I think it's why people don't know how to act sometimes. They've never been through those scenarios. We have to run through the scenarios in our head on how we're gonna act. And that's why in Psalm chapter 103, verse two, David tells himself, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Modern language, he goes, hey soul, bless God. Hey soul, praise the Lord. Hey soul. Don't forget what God has already done for you. You remember he has taken care of you. You show some gratefulness for what God has already done for you. Show it on the inside, but express it on the outside. Let your gratitude turn into thanksgiving and worship. Come on, if you're here and God has been there for you through something rough, give him a shout today. Come on, give him a good shout. That's what you're doing. You're saying, I'm going to remind myself. He did not let me down before, and he's not going to do it now. It's a mentality. Set the thermostat of your life. If you're wondering what the right number, it's 70. <laughs> Don't tell my wife that because she thinks it's 66. She said that joke is so low. I mean, I can tell. Like the moment that it comes on, when I go to bed at night, I'll be sleeping in Arctic clothes. I got, I got things over my head, mustache frozen in the morning, terrible socks, blankets over my head. It's just, wow, she loves it, Cole. Loves that, Cole. <laughs> but set the thermostat of your, of your mind. Make a decision before you encounter negative people. Not, not if, but when, right? You're going to encounter negative people, but aren't you making a decision in advance who you are? When you think about those things and you weigh out scripture in your life, here's how I respond if someone were to flirt with me or if someone were to say something inappropriate or tell a joke that is off color or, or say something that is offensive to me. This is how I would respond as a Christian. And what do you do? You set the thermostat in your life. Here's how I respond. Then when it happens, even though it can be challenging sometimes to enact what we already know, we've already, we, we, got, a, we got a script. And we just go for it. And we just live out what we've already decided in our heart. So bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not his benefits. So today, I hope that you will feel gratitude for all the things that God has done for you and thankfully express. This is something that little word right there, something I wrote on my Instagram uh, on Thanksgiving, just a little personal devotion, but I want to throw that in there today because I think it's really important near Thanksgiving time. So I got four quick points I want to share with you. Here's the four points. Things that you can do to get unstuck. Number one, feed your mind with truth. Feed your mind with truth. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul 
and spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is so important that we know that God's word is the only thing that's powerful enough in this world that shows and reveals what our heart is truly thinking. It's not about all your actions, what you do externally. It's about why you're doing what you do. So we need to feed our mind with the Bible. Come to church, open up your phone and take notes and and re-listen to the message during the week and get the Bible in you. Fill up your heart with encouraging spiritual things. Feed your mind with truth. We got so much junk that's coming in from all different directions, people in our life that are negative, and we're giving them room to speak into us. Shut down the voices that do not line up with the truth of what God says and only invite and allow things into your life that confirm what God says. If you want to get unstuck, you're going to have to make some changes. You know, a couple of years ago, I lost almost 75 pounds uh, because I made a decision in my life that I was just going to change some stuff. I started doing some intermittent fasting. I don't really talk about it that much, but people ask me all the time. Started doing some intermittent fasting and started doing push-ups. That's it. Just intermittent fasting, push-ups. And I kept working very, very hard. And yeah, I wish that overnight everything would have happened like, you know, just like I wanted it. But it didn't. It took years. It took years of slowly no one noticing anything. And then all of a sudden someone would say, whoa, did you lose some weight? And I'd be like, yeah, I've actually lost like 30 pounds. And it just kind of happens and you keep going. But I'll tell you, whatever process you choose for your life, it won't transform you overnight. You have to make a decision when it comes to thinking and important things in your life that you're going to slowly address them. You're going to begin to integrate what is right in your life slowly. And sometimes that means you fail at things, but you can't quit and give up when you fail because you have to understand that you've got a purpose in your life. God has great things intended for you. So feed your mind with truth. Number two, free your mind from the flesh. I think it's really important. Whatever temptation you're trying to avoid in your life that takes you back to those primitive ways of thinking, primitive meaning not redeemed, pre-Christ, before Christ. Whatever takes you back to those primitive ways of thinking, you need to renew your mind. So you gotta get the things out of your life that are putting you off track and you have to free your mind from the flesh And I think that when you look at researchers, researchers find that avoiders succeed in reconditioning their behavior. People that avoid things, uh, they succeed a lot more than people that try to slowly stop. It's just much better to stay away from things than to try to wean yourself from destructive things. What happened with Joseph when Potiphar's wife started hitting on him? I mean, Joseph, you know, the Bible says he was... Actually, it said he was good looking and he had a good body. That's interesting that the body, the Bible says that. It's like, dude had 84 abs and he was like completely ripped, like great looking guy. I mean, it's interesting. It says that his body was good and he was good looking. So it's like saying this guy had it all together. So handsome guy. But I imagine Potiphar's wife was probably pretty gorgeous. She's like this cougar that wants this young dude and she's like hitting on him. And like, I'm a, he probably was pretty tempted because she, you know, she probably looked great and was, you know, sophisticated and classy and all this stuff. But I love how he responds. He's like, no. And she tries again. The Bible says that he ran. He, he run and she grabs his cloak. She's like, no, nah, baby, come back. And he, she grabs his cloak. He runs out of it. He just gets out. He runs out and she's holding his clothes. And he ain't got no clothes on, but he just, he don't stop. He, he takes off. Can I just tell you something? Do that. 
don't steal people's clothes. I'm saying be the runner, be the one that runs. When, so, when, when temptation is coming toward you, run away. Get as far away. If you want to quit partying, stop going to parties like that. You want, you want to quit doing drugs? Don't hang out with people that do drugs. Are you following me? You say, well, I need to work on my lust life. Well, get off Tinder for 14 hours a day. Or, 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 or social media or looking at, looking at well, you know, people that, you, I, I, just looking at pictures that you should be looking at. Not even pornography. You can, you can look at all kinds of stuff that is not, is not wholesome for your soul. Change some behaviors and avoid sin. Run. Number three, this is good right here. Focus your mind on hope. Choose today and every day you wake up, choose that today, and this is gonna be hard for some people to hear, even though it's a very basic statement, every day that there is hope in that day. It doesn't matter how dark it seems in this moment. You may struggle with depression, and I know that it's real. I know that it can be very dark. I know that grief, sadness, pain, those are all very difficult things. I'm not undermining any of them, but I'm saying that you will make a decision in your life that every day there is hope. A miracle can happen at any moment. We have to choose when we wake up in the morning to say, God, you are good. I think that should be the very first thing out of our mouth every day. I think we should say, God is good. Learn how to change your perspective I think that the first five things that you say have the power to shape your day. I think whatever the first five things, whatever you're used to saying for, I don't think that the first thing you should say every day is, you know, give me that, that's my pillow or something, or like, or like you know, get out of my face or, or, you know, please brush your teeth before you talk to me. I mean, like whatever, whatever it is that you've become accustomed to saying, can, can you hand me that or whatever. I think that the first five things you say should be very intentional. I think you should start off by saying God is good. Some form of that, something like that. Can, can we just try that real quick? Everyone say God is good. Who believes that today? I believe it. God is good. I think we should start off our day no matter where you are. If you're watching online, you might be watching from, from a jail cell right now. And I understand that life is hard. You might be watching from a hospital room right now in the hospital yourself or visiting family in the hospital. I understand you might be about to go to a funeral of someone that you've lost. I do know that life is tough, but what I'm saying here is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And if we're ever going to get unstuck, we've got to get unstuck in our thinking. And we've got to go to the very most, the most basic thing we can come to is that God is good in the jail cell. He's good on the mountaintop. He's good when it feels good. He's good when it doesn't feel good. So we've got to remind ourselves, no matter what we're going through, God is good. So when I, when I'm just challenging you tomorrow when you wake up. Let that be the first words out of your mouth. God is good. Here's a, a good second one. I am so thankful for my life. I am. So, let's try it one time. I am so thankful for my life. One more time. So thankful for my life. Let's let that be the segment. God is good, number one. Number two, I am so thankful for my life. 
fostering a spirit of gratitude to set the ground rules for your day. I'm going to live a life of thankfulness. If you're thankful, you don't walk out to your car and say, oh, this old piece of junk. You just thank the Lord for what you've got. You've got something. You got something. You, you don't look at your shoes and say, my shoes ain't as nice as so-and-so. You say, I got some. Some people don't. So I'm grateful for the ones that I have. Thank you for what you've already done. It, it just has a spirit of gratitude attached to everything you do. You're teaching your spirit and your soul how to live. You're teaching your soul how to live. I think the, 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 a third idea, God is good. I'm so thankful for my life. I think something, number three, these are not exact. I'm just trying to show you the principles of, of the process of how to change your thinking. Number three could be, I am going to be kind to others today. I'm going to, let's try that. I'm going to be kind to others today. Ooh, that was hard. Let's try that one more time. I'm going to be kind to others today. Imagine if you put that with one and two. God is good. I'm so thankful for my life. I'm going to be kind to others today. That, I'm talking about you say, what do you mean? Say this in bed? Yeah. Yeah. Say it before you get out of bed. That'd be great. Say it before you have any conversations with anyone. I'm going to be kind to others today. But what's interesting is, and ironic is if you start doing these things and saying these things, people might be asking you questions. Did you take the trash out? God is good. <laughs> did, did you take the trash? I'm so thankful for my life. <laughs> did you do it or not? I'm going to be kind to others today. And you're just like, hold on. <laughs> Here's the fourth idea. I'm going to be kind to myself today. I think sometimes we miss this. Sometimes we're hard on ourselves, especially when we're hard workers. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they work so hard, and it's sad if you work so hard that you don't take any time to just think about what lifts your soul, what gives you peace in your life. I mean, I think it's, it, one of the ways that we're kind to ourselves is taking care of ourselves. Uh, you know, that's why you might want to get out of bed and do some push-ups. I mean, I do push-ups, but you don't have to do push-ups. You could do some curls or go for a jog or do something that, that, that gets your, your heart rate going and, and reminds you that you care about yourself. Uh, eating a healthy breakfast or just doing something that reminds you that you're important and you're worth it. And ironically, sometimes being kind to yourself when you take care of yourself a lot, it's having a cupcake or a cheeseburger or something, you know what I'm saying? Like having some fun and enjoying every day a little bit. Sometimes that might be playing a video game on your phone or just doing something where you check out a little bit and just, just have some fun in life. That's, that's kindness toward yourself when it's mixed appropriately with the right amount of work. So I'm trying to show you that, that overall mentality. And I think a last, the last idea would be like something like, I'm going to be productive today. I, th I think when you, when, when you start setting the ground rules in your mind of how you're gonna think about your day, speaking out over your life, I think that's the way you can get unstuck. And I think that's why sometimes we come to church and we hear great messages, we hear great ideas, and we have these visions in the moment that it could change our life, but we kind of go back to exactly where we were yesterday before the message was preached is the fact that it's great and we agree with it, but we're not willing every day in the morning to address the systemic problems that come from our thinking. And we've got to 
dismantle them one by one. We've got to tear down some strongholds. We've got to do some reno in our mind, right? Refuse to settle for anything less than what I'm talking about right now. You need to, I mean, if, if, if all you can say is God is good and you just start there every day, God is good, I'm so thankful for my life. Just start there, but if you can, I'm gonna be kind to others, I'm gonna be kind to myself, I'm gonna be productive today. If you can come up with something like that that you say every single day and live by it, that's gonna be really powerful for you. And finally, uh, form better mental habits. And this is kind of where I'll close. Uh, I think it's interesting that some studies have been done about posture. Um, if I were to tell you that behind that LED wall back there behind it, you can't see, is a person that is dealing with a lot of anxiety. They're standing back there. How do you think they would be standing? What, you think their shoulders would be up or down? Do you think their head would be up or down? So you kind of imagine you're answering those questions so quickly because you know the answers, because you've been there, so have I. We're having anxiety in our life, our body, face, kind of wake up with a certain look on your face. So we're just covered in it. What's interesting is research has shown us that by standing with your shoulders up, with your head up, or even putting your, your hands on your side, or, or kind of up, kind of in a powerful sort of position, that you can increase, no, male or female, you can increase your testosterone by as much as 22% by standing this way for a minute. Hey, so let's do something real quick. Everyone stand up. Come on, stand up all over the room. Get your shoulders back. Come on, get your head up. Maybe put your hands on your side. Well, let's stand up real quick and, and think about who God has called you to be. No heads down, no heads down. Come on, head up. Let's be proud of who we are in God. The Bible says you are conquerors, more than conquerors through him that loves us. You are the head and not the tail. You are the top and not the bottom. It's time to stop living our lives like we washed up on a beach somewhere. It's time to stop living like we're some kind of thermometer that simply responds to what life throws our way. But we are dedicated to be a thermostat, to set the atmosphere, the mentality that we have. We choose to live that kind of life every single day. Now somebody shout and give God praise like you're excited. Come on, give him a shout. Now let me ask you something. Do you feel it today? Just by changing your physical position of your body. You can feel encouragement. This is what happens in your life when you choose. So what it means for some people is choosing to smile. Choosing by default to smile. Choosing to smile when you're by yourself. To change the position. I mean, just think about it. Have you ever felt yourself, like sometimes I'll just be sitting there, I'll be like, I feel like I look mean right now. Like it's like, I just feel like if, if I by default, sometimes I'll just be like, I'm like, I'm not mad or anything. I would rather have a default position that is like kind of nice, you know?
like kind of just looks pleasant. So, so sometimes he's like, are you saying fake it till you make it? Yes, absolutely. What I'm saying is that there are many things that you do in life that you don't do it because you feel it. You do it because you know it's right. But here's what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that when you lift your shoulder, you get up in the morning, you say, I'm, I am more than a conqueror. You stand up, you look up, stop walking around with your head down. You put your shoulders back and you remind yourself that Jesus died for you. You remind yourself that Jesus loves you, that you are worth it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you're one of the people that have called on the name of the Lord. You stand with some pride in your life. No matter how much you've been pushed around, no matter how much you struggle with, no matter what you feel like you can't overcome and you can't quit doing in your life, you stand as a victor. And you may not be there yet. You may not be, be seeing all the results of what it looks like to live in victory, but you practice it first. You practice what it feels like. You remind yourself. You learn how to smile in your life. You say, well, what, what are you getting to? What I'm saying is that you might smile all day one day and never feel it. And then you smile another day and you don't feel it. You might smile for six months, never feel it one time. But I'm saying the more you do it, someday you're going to accidentally smile. And I know that's hard to believe, but I'm saying when you train yourself to do it, you're going, one day you're going to be walking around going, no way. I'm smiling right now. I'm not, I don't even know what I'm smiling at. But you have learned in your life to be a thermostat of praise, to be a thermostat of excellence, to be a thermostat of honor, to be a thermostat of integrity, to be a thermostat of worship, to be a thermostat of gratitude. And can I tell you what's dope about being a thermostat? Yeah, I'm talking about being the thermostat of your own life, but it'll also start setting the atmosphere for everyone that you're around. When I walk in a room, I'm going to be a thermostat of hope. And if I see somebody else that's trying to push something else, if I have the ability to it, we can just see who's more dedicated to their cause. Because I'm just going to go in. I'll tell you straight up, I had a guy that was part of my film crew. This guy has been nominated for Oscars, got nominated for an Oscars past year. Uh, we don't really share the same values personally, but when I met this person and they were introduced to me to work on the movie, they, it was a really important role and as the director I've got to talk to people and interview them so when I met them I was complimenting them on their work and I said I love your previous work some of these movies are some of the greatest things I've seen this particular thing that you do is incredible I think you could do a great job he said I love your script I love the story he goes I'm not a Christian at all he goes but I really connected he said I've cried a couple times throughout the script so I feel like I could bring real positive things to the script he said, but I'm going to let you know right in advance that if you hire me, sometimes I just randomly, and he said, it's not like the F word, you know, I just randomly say blah, 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 blah out loud in front of whoever I'm around. I don't know if he was trying to like shake me up or whatever. I said, that's okay. I said, this, this is a, it's a film. I said, I expect everyone to do their job and, and you know, I'm, I'm a, you're, you're professional. You've done a great job at this, for, this point in your career so I just want the best prod product that we can get I said but I, I'll just warn you real quick I said sometimes just randomly I'll say thank you Jesus for your blood thank you Jesus for all that you've done for my life thank you Jesus and he started laughing 
He started laughing so hard. He goes, touche. He goes, well, let, let's just see what happens. So it happened on the set. There was one day when he came around, he started doing all this stuff and he's upset about all this stuff. I just lifted my hands over front of him. I said, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. He said, you know what? You didn't lie. You really do that, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. So my point is that when you're a thermostat, you got to be the thermostat over your own life first. But then it gets to the point where I believe you do start setting the atmosphere for the, whatever room you walk in. That's important. But let's start here. Can I get an amen from someone? Let's start here in our own life. I want you to win. God wants you to win. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants you to be unstuck. I want you to be unstuck in your marriage. I want you to be unstuck in your relationships. I want you to be unstuck in your personal fitness goals. I want you to be unstuck in your dreams for your business. But in order to do that, you're going to have to systematically address all the areas that you've been unwilling to give up here. And then once you change the way you think, you will change the way you act and the way you act will change the things that you do. So if you're frustrated with the things that you're doing, stop trying to change how you act and instead change how you think. And then you're gonna see the results that you wanna get in your life, amen? Could you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Thank you for your power and your mercy and your grace. Uh, Lord, I believe you're moving here. Holy Spirit, I can feel you in this room. I can feel you moving through the people that are watching online from all over the world, Lord. Touch them where they are. Touch the people in this room. I'm just going to give a call for salvation right here. If you don't know Jesus or your life is not right with God, maybe you're away from him. You've turned your back on him. You've not allowed the Holy Spirit access to your heart to speak truth to you blocked him out but today you sense him speaking to you saying that you need Jesus you need to ask for forgiveness for your sins you need to invite God into your life to be the Lord of your life you need help to address these things from the inside out you can't do it alone if that's you with no one looking around I'm gonna to count to three and when I do I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to raise their hand I'm gonna ask those that are watching online to raise their hand if you're watching online, type in the chat, I need Jesus, I'm lifting my hand. And I believe something is about to happen right now. On three, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person here has been drawn here by the power of the Holy Spirit for this moment. Three, hands lifted up all over the room if that's you. My goodness, that is so many hands all over this room. So many hands, every single section, every single section. There's a hand, I believe there are many people online as well. With your hand lifted, could you pray this prayer out loud? Say, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I can't live my life without you. I can't live it effectively. Today, transform my thinking. Transform my soul. Transform my soul. I believe you cared for me so much I believe you cared for that you me so took much. the price of my sins and you paid for it on the cross. Let me live a brand new life from this day forward, serving only you. Serving only you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, could we give God an amazing praise? That is just dozens of people all over this place. Come on, give him a good shout today. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.